0: Good evening, Dummies, episode 260. Yes, I called you. Dummies, don't take offense. It's not personal, it is a good thing. I will explain that in a few moments. Folks, what are we talking about tonight? The media, the sick cycle news carousel, it is always present, it never changes why the news wasn't always like this it actually used to do some good the fourth estate had some respect i'm going to dive in tonight of why the media does what it does and why it is literally detrimental to our democracy stay tuned folks i will be right back after these quick messages recorded from an undisclosed location always honest always direct. So sit back, relax. Don't Unfriend Me starts right now. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Once again, episode 260. It is going fast. Excited to bring you the show tonight. Thank you for stopping by. My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. And what do we do? We talk a little bit about politics, current events, and things of that. effect. I give you my opinion on news that's going around the nation. Sometimes we talk about sports. Whatever really tickles my pickle. Here's the thing, is that we can agree, we can disagree, you can love me, you can hate me, just don't unfriend me. You can find me here at the Don't Unfriend Me show all over, Instagram, Apple, uh, YouTube, Facebook, etc. Please give me a like, follow, and share. It keeps the lights on and God doesn't kill a puppy. I also said I would tell you about dummies. Dummies are the Don't Unfriend Me's, the dumb nation. It's an acronym. It's not an insult. Hillary Clinton called us deplorables. Barstool Sports calls their people stoolies. One of our listeners said we should be called dummies, and the rest was born. Last thing, you can stop by and you can get yourself a Let's Go Brandon shirt. Made in America, veteran made. All shirts, 10% goes to the Travis Banyan Foundation, and you can get a cool shirt, and it's a talking point, and liberals will make fun of you, which is always fun. Let's get to the show, episode 260, folks. And to all my live listeners, it's wonderful to have you. The Six Cycle News Carousel, 24-hour news prior to the launch of CNN, broadcast news shows lost tons of money. It wasn't profitable to be in news. The revenue was made up by regular programming. Part of the idea was to take advantage of viewer inertia. If they turned into the news show they liked, they were more likely to remain tuned in for what followed. Regardless of any of that, news didn't dominate people's lives so much. Newspapers came out twice a day, and broadcast news was by and large limited to the morning shows and the lead-up to prime time viewing TV. Local channels filled in the gap with midday and late evening shows. We all may remember eyewitness news when facts mattered. CNN changed all of that. Their goal was to make money off the news, and so they had to come up with a profitable business model, and the first Gulf War gave them the 24 hours news cycle. They were initially very repetitive during the day, showing the same spot several times in a row. The draw was people could get their news when it was convenient for them. So the network attracted viewers throughout the day. It worked, and they gradually moved to their current format as viewership numbers grew over time. Now news has to be fresh every time you tune in, and that's why it says breaking news every time. Every hour has a different take on the news and no repeats apart from some time slots on the weekends and after midnight. This has resulted in manufactured news. CNN and the networks that followed, MSNBC, Fox News, etc., don't merely report it anymore, they create it. And importantly, they increasingly catered to what their audiences wanted to see, not what necessarily they need to see. The whole reason for Fox News coming onto the scene was to draw in a conservative audience that the other networks were ignoring and leaving behind, and it worked. This led to a split in the audience that wasn't present before, at least not to the same degree. Nowadays, progressives tune into CNN and MSNBC because those channels kind of give them what they want to see, but not all. Fox News does the same by reporting the news in ways conservatives want to see, along with Newsmax and OAN. People are naturally more attracted to news that confirms what they already believe, and it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure out audiences won't watch the news they don't want to see or personalities they may not like. And since attracting eyeballs is more important than accurate news reporting, the networks oblige their audience. News shows have always emphasized the negative, though. People are far more interested in learning about bad news than good news. Channels that cater to a local audience will do a better job of that because people want to know what's happening in their own communities. But when it comes to national news, it's all negative all the time. If it bleeds, it leads. That's as old as news reporting itself, and it's been ramped up by the 24-hour news channels. Now, throw into the mix that most news shows aren't reporting the news these, so much as they're talking about it. Most shows are more opinion oriented than objective reporting. They bring in experts, more often than not people the audience has never heard of, and ask them to explain the news in a way the audience will agree with or that their simple minds are able to understand. This is more than a blatant attempt to pander to an audience. News channels aren't nearly as interested in telling people what they need to know as they are in telling people what to think and feel about what they're seeing. The powers that be, both in front of and behind the cameras, are political activists. They're trying to sway people's opinions in the direction they want them to take. There's nothing new about this. News media has always taken sides when it comes to politics. This predates the era of non-print media, radio, television, and now the internet. Pamphlets, newspapers, and the rest have always presented the news with a slant in a given direction, pro or anti the issues of the day. What's changed changed is it's become non-stop, and people with an activist, progressive, or ultra-conservative bent are addicted to it. This fuels the fire of political discord, and social media sites like Twitter have only served to turn up the heat. Modern news shows are more interested in stoking the fires of political rancor than informing their viewership, and this is not a nefarious as it seems at first blush. It's just a way to increase their ratings and thereby keep their advertisers, their true customers, happy. If we weren't constantly being told how wicked, if not flat-out evil, the other side is, a lot of this would die down. It would remain, but civil discourse would be easier to achieve. Hell, we might even be able to fix things if we could learn to respect differing viewpoints other than our own. One needn't agree with someone to respect their right to have a different opinion. Unfortunately, that doesn't sell nearly as well. Talk about my show. I think I should have a million viewers and 45,000. It remains. So corporate media is not really interested in it as well. Better to keep everyone at each other's throats. There's more money to be had that way. Think of the American political system as two computers playing a game against each other, both using the same hardware, sharing one simple goal, win 51% of the vote. They can exploit any strategy or political position to do so. They can lie if that's helpful or manipulate voters in any way they can get away with. The only goal is to get at least 51% of the vote in as many races as possible. So what is the long-term behavior of such an algorithm? Well, each election is an opportunity to test media strategies, issues, types of candidates, and candidacies, and figure out which one gets the desired voter behavior. That system will rapidly and naturally converge on the 50%, and getting more than 51% means that the party is likely expanding too much effort. So while landslide elections are dramatic and sometimes nice for the ego, 51% is just as good as 100, and much, much cheaper. Each party will gravitate towards issues the other opposes, since there's no point in spending resources on an issue the other party takes an identical position on. And the national party will act as a filter, collecting positions that produce reproducible results all over the country. And that is why you will see politicians who, if elected, will not be in a position to do anything about it talking about, a abortion or gun rights. Whichever issues are the most polarizing across the country are the ones that are most likely to find that a 50-50 split is the outcome. The ideal issue such a system wants to find is one which will manufacture a single-issue voter, such as abortion or gun control or single-payer health care because then the party has to expand no further effort on those voters other than ensuring candidates always mention those issues once or twice a day. In each round, each player has an opportunity to find new strategies in the game and observe their opponent's strategies and rescue them or reuse them in the next round. So almost all advantages are temporary. The real game rapidly becomes finding formulas to gain that 1% edge, which may mean costing the opponent 1% of what they would have spent. That will work for at least one round And finding issues that manufacture single-issue voters whose votes you'll never have to work for again. It's just a mindless algorithm. Take a random collection of starting positions on random issues and run the system for a few hundred election cycles, and this is the logical result the same way the opening moves in chess games determine the possible future moves. It also explains how one party can support positions that logically ought to be contradictory, like being for all pregnancies being carried to term under the rubric pro-life, but also being in favor of the death penalty and against any social program that might help kids once they're born. Or another party can be against fossil fuels and against nuclear power for workers and bank deregulation, and it explains how a party can be the party of Lincoln in one century and then the default party for white supremacists in the next. If one party abandons a position or simply says it's so, the other is free to take it. Once Democrats-backed welfare states coded and today blatant appeals to racism were an abandoned game piece the other party could pick up and put back into play. The rise of 24-hour news and social media allowing positions to be tested in real time combined with the elimination of the fairness doctrine, allowing misinforming voters to be applied much more broadly as a strategy, have simply made it possible for the system to tune itself more closely to that ideal, from its perspective, 51% target than ever before. All of the issues in campaigns do actually mean something and have an impact in the real world, but not to the system, which only rewards winning. To the parties themselves and the people whose task is to win, if they want to keep having a job in politics, they're simply game pieces to be deployed in whatever way will get that 1% edge. Someone thinks of them as real is someone either party will consider dangerous since they cannot be relied on to say the right things for their single-issue constituencies or might undermine strategies other candidates in that party rely on and dilute their brand and thus the predictability of which voters that party will appeal to. So they're going to gravitate towards similar, bland, insincere candidates running similar, bland, insincere campaigns and focus on just one or two gimmicks each round To get that 1% edge, which to the system is all that really matters. Really, it's just a mindless algorithm run over and over again until it has reached the state of equilibrium that was inevitable by its design. I'm asked often who will run in 2024 DeSantis, Haley, Cruz, Hawley, Pence, and I will do you one better. The person isn't as important as their ability to break the code and go against the trending platform talking points. This is why Trump was so effective. You can list 100 reasons as to why you disliked him or loved him, but he got things done. He didn't run across party lines and often beat up his own side, just to spite the other, to come to the table. This is who needs to run in 2024, a candidate who is a change agent, who can learn from the mistakes Trump made from a personal perspective, Biden, the mistakes he made cognitively, along with policy, and Clinton, the moral implica- implications of a feckless candidate. The simple fact is, America doesn't want a talking head. They want someone who will break the monotony or the algorithm, if you will. But the person has to accomplish this by introducing subtle change without beating people to death with it on the opposing side. Stand to your beliefs, speak your mind, but also have the humility to at least throw both sides a proverbial bone once in a while. This is what is missing from our political system, our media, and more importantly, every citizen within our border. We are the antithesis of our own solution. And until we realize this, we will keep running the same cycles, expecting a different outcome, all in an effort to garner that 1% of nothing that we are told is everything. Folks, thank you for watching my show tonight. If you didn't like it, well, tough shit. I think that was a great one, and that's the way it goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles, so to speak. Please do me a favor. Like, share, and subscribe. Visit my sites, at Don't Unfriendly Show. Say hello, stop by, tell me what you think about the show tonight. And if you don't, I will cry a sad, sad evening. Last thing, if you would do me a favor. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. Veteran Crisis Hotline is there for our Veterans. Traumatic brain injury pts depression anxiety are all real brothers and sisters need your help We're losing 22 a day reach out to a vet provide this number if they won't talk to you reach out to me I'll make the phone call with you and if that doesn't help they can go to don'tunfriendme.com And click on the vcl link. It's anonymous. It is free and it's not just for veterans If you are a civilian, they will help you too. Folks, thank you so much. Those are live. Stick around. I will get to a couple of comments. God bless. Thank you for watching 260. Make sure to tell your friends about the show and bring them back next time. It helps. God bless and have a good night.